0: The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor. And now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible together. We're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. And welcome back to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, and I'm your host, Pat Lynch. And as you can see, standing, sitting over my right shoulder is... Hello. Hello. <laughs> Is uh, is my cohort and uh, co-host, uh, Dr. Lauren Murfield. Say hello,
1: Doc. Hey, how's everybody doing? It is great to be back, and we have got a great show today. Uh, it, you know, when it comes down to voting, when it comes down to elections, we have got the best one. Absolutely,
0: and just just a, a an episode or two ago, we had we had a nice conversation with State Representative Jackie Toledo, where she talked about campaigning during COVID and how, how different it is. It, but we're going to go a little different route, and we've got our friend uh, Dr. Lindsey Grove back again, um, and uh, she is the. I lost your your thing already. There you go. Health, uh, Health Science Program Coordinator for USF St. Pete. And uh, she's also a member of the League of Women Voters. And so, welcome back, Dr. Grove. would you say, Lindsay? Which would yeah, you?
2: You can call me Lindsay. I, you know, we're all friends here. You can totally call <laughs> me Lindsay. I'm not going to treat go. you like a student.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> awesome. Welcome back.
2: Um, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah, I'm happy to represent both, you know, uh, my public health uh, profession, as well as the League of Women Voters. So this is one
0: of the things that we're excited to talk about is this year of all years, you get to blend both of them together, right? And we're in the middle of a public health crisis. I think you could call it that, right? Um, Yes. And then we're in the middle of a a huge election every presidential election is a huge election Um, but it's a but it's definitely a huge election um, I guess as opposed to a you know city council only election or something like that that has lesser ramifications but uh, so here we are in the middle of a pandemic and um, and but there's also good stuff going on doc oh
1: yeah you know I I'm old enough you can see that by the gray hairs on my chin to remember when the league of women voters actually sponsored the presidential debates yes Lindsay, can you give us a little background of who is the league of women voters and why does this 100 years make a difference where did it come from
2: Oh, I'm glad that you asked that question. So um, the League of Women Voters uh, was born out of the suffragist movement. So right after the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which this year is 100 years since that time, um, a lot we, you know, suffragists like, um, you know, Susan, well, not Susan Anthony. she was unfortunately, she had passed by that time. Again, like the suffrage movement itself took 100 years to even get to the point of ratification. But Carrie Chapman-Catt, who is our founder, um, realized, hey, we have all of these newly enfranchised voters. So we really need to educate them and, and empower them when they're at the ballot box. And so the League of Women Voters was born a um, hundred years ago, right after the 19th um, amendment was passed. And interestingly enough, in the state of Florida, the League, the, the League of Women Voters, Florida was uh was established in 1939. So the league here has been around for a very long time. And the League of Women Voters Florida was made up of St. Pete, Winter Haven and Winter Park. So even the St. Pete League, which is my league, um, we've been around for a very long time. So, you know, it's a historic year for us, you know, obviously with 100 years of suffrage, 100 years of the league, you know, it's, it's just, It's a banner year for democracy, and we're really excited to, you know, be especially needed this year um, as we're, you know, coming into an election during a global pandemic.
1: So let me ask the $10 question. Sure. What does the league do now?
2: Oh, you know what? Interestingly enough, what we do has not changed very much at all. Um, You know, obviously we do a lot of advocacy work around um, issues in the community, but our bread and butter has always been voting, voter registration, and voter education, which we've done since our founding. So we're a nonpartisan organization and we're all about, you know, not only empowering voters, but we're also about voting rights. I mean, obviously this organization was born out of you know women fighting for the uh, right to vote and so that's why we were big supporters of amendment four making sure that uh, returning citizens also known as um, former felons um, had the right to vote um, and that was passed in 2018 we're still fighting that battle now but we really want to make sure that we have unfettered that our citizens have unfettered access to democracy and so you know a lot of what we're doing now is you know, making sure people understand the voting process because it's very confusing, getting people to request a vote by mail ballot to make sure folks are safe, and then just letting people know where drop off locations are, where early voting is, and then of course giving people the tools to make decisions on whether or not they wanna vote in person. So we do candidate forums like you had mentioned earlier, Uh, we do those locally, and this year has been really interesting because we've been doing them virtually, so it's, It's interesting, we're looking back a hundred years, but we're adopting, you know, 21st century technology to ensure we can continue our legacy.
0: So back in the day before the president, I guess before the presidential debate program came along, Mm -hmm. the league was the one who was kind of spearheading these, Um, but now you you continue to do that, but it's kind of on a, I don't want to say smaller scale, but a more localized scale.
2: That's exactly right, so I, you know, I would love it if the league got back to doing presidential uh, <laughs> presidential forums, uh, but you know the networks realized they could definitely make some coin off of you know <laughs> producing uh, debates. So, but I think that the service that the league provides at the local level is just as important. A lot of folks don't really know uh, a lot of our local elected officials, and um, you know it's a great way for people to understand how local politics impact them personally. I mean local elected officials are the ones that folks have the most access to. So um, I think that doing local candidate forums is just as important.
0: So does the league actually endorse candidates or is it just putting out information on their their positions and such?
2: So the league does not endorse candidates. We do not support campaigns and that's a part of our non, non-partisan uh, policy. However, what we do is we, we put out, well, so for instance, we put out a voter guide, which a lot of people use, um, and we just ask questions of candidates that are relevant to the community. And we post what those, you know, the answers to those questions are. We don't, you know, take positions. Um, we don't, like, we don't endorse candidates, but we will take positions on ballot issues. Um, and that's typically after a lot of study, a lot of debate, and then, of course, consensus. So, so yeah, but we definitely do not endorse parties or candidates.
0: Okay. I want to ask you a question about uh, that um, when we get back. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. So, so Lindsay, I, one of the things that's kind of nice is we, we, we were talking with um, state representative Jackie Toledo. And we talk about like how like the realtors organization that I'm a part of they, when they, they endorse candidates, but they're kind of a one issue people. Uh, they don't care if you're for or against any other issue if you're pro-housing, pro-real estate. Um, so the fact that the League of Women Voters doesn't take a stance, I think adds to a little bit of, I don't know, credibility? Is that the right word, Doc? Yeah. You're communication yeah, I,
1: expert. I love it because it's kind of like Consumer Reports. It doesn't take any advertising. So you can really, um, you can really get to the... Um, have an unbiased which is almost impossible to find today in in news and politics and all this so um, how do you, how does that go about do you have a website i know you said you do some zoom conferences and things like that but is there websites that you do for local on yes
2: yeah that's a great question so we produce a voter guide that's online there's a digital version um you know we've moved away from printing just because it's extremely expensive and you know, it's nice, you can bring, you know, it's mobile ready. So you can actually bring, you know, the voter guide into the ballot uh, box with you if you want to look up candidates as you're voting. If you decide to vote in person, it's also super nice. If you have your mail-in ballot, you can sit there with your coffee, look at the voter guide and fill out your ballot at home, which is great. Um, But yeah, you can actually access our voter guide at pinellasvoterguide.org or you can, it's just vote.lwvspa.org. Um, and I can, I'll make sure to um, send you the link so that way you have them. And we produce this every single year. And you're absolutely right. Um, I think that because the league, our nonpartisan um, policy is, is an extremely invaluable um, piece of who we are because it does add credibility to what we say. You know, we, again, you know, we don't take, endor- you know, obviously because we don't endorse folks, um, I think it allows us to be a broker of truth in the community, and I think that's why so many people use our Voter Guide.
1: I can't imagine that there would be a need for an unbiased um, focus on truth in this particular election. At this <laughs> No,
2: not at all! <laughs>
1: You know, I love that you talk about that. I loved it.
0: They, the, uh, the you know, social media giants came out and said, you know, we're going to be policing and labeling stuff as misleading or false. Like, oh, you're going to have a fun time <laughs> because I know. politics has been misleading and false claims, right? I mean, it, yeah. you know, both sides of any issue will, will mark a victory or a, a defeat, you know, well, so-and-so voted for this or so-and-so was against that. And like, Yeah, but that was a procedural vote, not the actual vote. And so it was a technical issue, but, you know, so some people voted yes on the technical issue so they could say they voted for something, but then in the end they voted against it or whatever. And so I don't know how the heck a fact checker would check a fact of politicians' political ads, you know, and I I remember back in the, I was going to say, I remember when dirty campaigning started, but I think that started probably in the. 400s maybe or something yeah
2: yes um yeah you know it's interesting because that's actually it's a it's great that you bring that up because one of the things we're actually really monitoring one of so one of the programs that we have we do we have a poll monitoring program and what that is is just we have volunteers that go around and make sure that the only reason a person is turned away at a polling station is if they're at the wrong polling station um you know we we also monitor to make sure like if we see a polling station that has long lines you know we want to make sure that folks have support and so we've turned that because of covid we have a mobile poll monitoring program we also have a digital monitoring program and so i'll give you an example i spent the primary election on next door just monitoring any post that talked about voting or the election, you know, to make sure that folks were posting correct information about how to, you know, make to vote on the day of the election. So um, it's so critically important that, you know, we're getting correct information out there. But one of the things that I get worried about is if know we put out a ton of information that is technically political because it has to do with the election we worry that our posts might end up being taken down by Facebook just because you know they can't have a lot of human fact checkers so they use a lot of different algorithms so we're also sort of like monitoring that ourselves to make sure that we can at least get out there and, and get you know the correct information out there so folks can vote confidently
0: that's definitely the challenge going forward technology wise you've got the the all of this social media and like you said you couldn't possibly have enough humans to i mean you, they have a billion users on facebook how many and then you have to monitor every single comment or every single post and obviously when when posts gain traction they can they they could do a whole lot automatically. And mm-hmm. you know, once I forward something or share something, then they can unshare it or, or eliminate it or whatever. But it, it could be heard. It could be like the shot heard around the world before, <laughs> before anybody can take action if the damage is already done. And, and how yeah. many people repeat things they saw on Facebook and I'm not just picking on Facebook cause it, it's really all works the same, but yeah. how many people repeat stuff that was rebuffed years ago? Yeah. And, and, and I don't do it intentionally. My mom used to send me stuff all the time and, you know, Oh, you have to boycott, you know, Walmart because they yeah. did this or wh- whoever the business was. And, and I like, mom, go to snopes.com. Yes. on there. Now I hope Snopes is accurate, <laughs> but I at least use it because you'll see a lot of those, the stories on, on social media and, and people will follow these things and, and like, you have to at least fact check them yourself somehow else, because otherwise, exactly. where are you? And, and when it comes to politics, I mean, clearly, you know, like, like in the, without getting any political, both of our candidates for president are, you know, in their 70s, they've probably all said or did something they really wish wouldn't have been recorded somewhere.
2: I'm sure. I'm right? sure. I mean, is there yeah. we all have
0: stuff that we wish we wouldn't have said or done or, you know, uh, people we might not have met or might not have called friends or people we might not have called enemies. Um so it's 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 tough especially in this digital age where thing where
1: information can just spread so fast. I mean, everybody can be Paul Revere.
2: That's <laughs> so them. true.
1: You know, I I've got a pressing question for you. Ooh. Uh, it's one that one that's always bothered me at the local election it's really hard to get information on a very critical office for example mosquito control <laughs>
0: yes hey, there, hey there's a guy in my county I think his name's Skeeter how does he not win I thought he was my county <laughs> well maybe he's your county I don't know I maybe mean, there's one in every county <laughs> I mean do you
1: guys do you guys cover that level
2: we do we do. Um, we And this year, we're really, I think we're doing a fantastic job, including all of those sort of like, you know, I, we actually, we did, a, we, the league actually has a podcast that we, you know, we have a couple episodes up that obviously is all about, you know, voting, but we did uh, an episode breaking down the rule like the roles and responsibilities of each of our elected offices, like tax collector. Everyone thinks like oh straightforward but the tax collector has a lot of different responsibilities outside of just collecting taxes and one of those is you know putting together a budget for the entire county which is extremely important and extremely relevant to our citizens so yes we we are actually having a candidate forum for the tax collector so that you can hear you know what their views are on tax revenue and ta- you know there's all sorts of especially now we ta- we think about resource allocation you know, there's a ton of conversations going on, you know, we, again, not to get super political, but we're hearing a lot of things about, you know, defund the police. What does that mean in the context of resource reallocation and how, how we create budgets at different levels of government? So, you know, we try to provide information to get into that nitty gritty so that folks, when they go to the ballot box, they know they, they are able to make an informed choice.
0: On our next, after we take this quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how you can vote more than once. Oh. <laughs> if you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W I N Momentum.com. Okay, we got everybody to come back from the break because we <laughs> teased them with the idea that we're going to vote more than once. Are you a politician? <laughs> I know. Like a politician. Uh, I, I am from a, a small town in Illinois called Chicago, and we have this old <laughs> um, saying, uh, vote early, vote often um my grandmother's been dead for close to 50 years and she votes twice every year oh my um, gosh <laughs>
2: like,
0: no uh, we, it was funny it's kind of timely we were talking uh, before we came on the show today about the uh, article that came out yesterday in georgia they had like 1100 people who sent in uh, absentee ballots and then showed up and voted in person and that is a felony and the uh Secretary of State uh, says that they are going to seek prosecution on those I have a feeling the prosecution will wait until after November that's just me being involved in politics my whole life that that says nobody's stupid enough to arrest 1100 voters before an election uh, but that that may happen on 11, on November 5th um, but uh, <laughs> Lindsay certainly we don't want to vote twice but what do you what would be your advice to folks who maybe did the absentee ballot uh or mail-in ballot which well let's let's stop with that real quick what's is there a difference between a mail-in ballot and a absentee ballot because i do the same thing with it don't i
2: so that's a great question um in the state of florida we have mail-in ballots so typically the difference between an absentee ballot and a mail ballot a mail-in ballot is that an absentee ballot requires a a reason for you to need to vote absentee um i'm i grew up in the great state of michigan and we had absentee ballots um, when i lived it lived there obviously i think that a lot of that has changed but one of the reasons i had to give for voting absentee was that i was away at college but i still wanted to vote in my community Here in Florida you don't need a reason to vote by mail and so that's why we have mail-in ballots Um, and in fact Pinellas in Pinellas County a lot of people vote by mail it's extremely popular here and it's a great way I think um, you know it's a great backup plan especially this year when we think about what's going on with COVID-19. What's great about the mail-in ballot here is that if you decide at the last minute that you want to vote in person and you haven't sent your mail-in ballot yet you can actually surrender that mail-in ballot at your polling station and still vote in person.
0: What if I'd already sent in my ballot? Am I then stuck with my choice? Or is there a mechanism to undo that ballot or make a provisional vote or?
2: So once you've sent in your mail-in ballot, I mean, that's pretty much it. Because once the um, supervisor of elections receives that ballot, you can no longer vote. Um, and what's cool is that you can actually track your mail-in ballot online there's an online tracking system that will show and there's actually a lot of confusion during the primary election about this because a lot of folks were like oh my gosh I checked it online and all it says is that it's been received that's really good you want your ballot to be received by the supervisor of elections Um, it won't say that it's been tabulated or counted until after the election because that's when they you know basically certify that your ballot has been counted.
1: How does that that work? When do they count the mail-in ballots? Is it when they come in or do they wait until the night of the election?
2: That's a great question. Um, You know, they typically wait. um, And mail-in ballots go out 40 days in advance of the election. So you typically have plenty of time, um, you know, to fill in your ballot. And a lot of folks wait, you know, because like, Maybe they're not completely swayed, or you know they want a little bit more information, which is totally fine. And in fact, you can still drop off your mail-in ballot at the supervisor of elections office the day of uh, the election, if you'd like. You just can't, you know, unless you go to your polling station, you have to surrender your mail-in ballot if you wanna vote in person. Also, it's really important to note that you can't turn in your mail-in ballot at your polling station the day of the election. Like, you have to go to the Supervisor of Elections office, which there's three in Pinellas County. But,
0: but just to clarify, if you wanted to surrender it, yes, you could surrender it and then live vote.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: they take your ballot and stuff it in their pocket and right. remember to drop it right. off. But if you want to surrender it, they'll basically void it and then it, issue you an in-person ballot.
2: Exactly. and. You know, I think a lot of people also think, well, I'll just like take it in, I, I, you know, I've already filled it out, but you know, a lot of folks like to see their ballot, you know, being taken, right? Like when you send it in the mail, the only thing that you can really see is what you track online. So a lot of folks just like to see their ballot being counted, um, which is totally fine. But once you get there and you say you're going to surrender your ballot, they take that ballot. You can't just take your mail-in ballot with you to be like, well, I'm using it as a cheat sheet in the, in the polling, in you know, the ballot box. Um, so I would say if you decide to do that, take a picture on your phone of your ballot, your mail-in ballot, before you surrender it. So that way you have a reference when you go and cast your vote.
0: So, Lindsay, uh, um, I, I know we're up against a break here soon, but I want to ask you this question, see if we can get through it. In 2020, why the heck don't we have a better system? I mean, And this is Florida, the hanging Chad state, right? But why yeah. do we have some sort of bet? I mean, we, are, we help people do elections all over the world. And Florida ends up being the poster child for incompetence. Um, and I don't know what causes it, but why is it we don't have a better system to where like we vote using our thumbprint or, I don't know ATM or or the chip that Bill Gates put in me when I got my uh, flu shot <laughs> here. But, you know, why are they working on some sort of reliable system? Because it seemed like some of the uh, news articles recently have said you know all this advanced stuff, and basically we're talking they're we're, they're thinking about going back to paper like we did here in Florida, like paper and a sharpie pen. Like, it, what, is it that complicated? I mean. We just make it complicated.
2: No, I. I mean, that's a that's another really good question. I think really what it boils down to is that that our supervisor of elections are underfunded, and so they do the best job that they can with the resources that they have. Um, And you know, we are a huge and continually growing state. So you know, different um, counties have different amounts of resources to be able to put into election security. And so, you know, for, we're very fortunate here in Pinellas. We have very low rates of ballot rejection. And typically, if if a ballot is rejected, it's because the person forgot to put their signature on it.
0: So that a lot too. Um, it does happen a lot. Let's let's continue talking about that after this break. Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. So, Lindsay, one of the things, you know, we do, it's the show's trends, bends, and opportunities, and here's an opportunity to make sure your vote counts. Um, what are some of the other reasons that, that ballots get uh, turned away or that people would get turned away at the polling place, and how can they avoid that? That
2: is okay. Thank you for asking that question because we get that a lot and it's really helpful for people to understand that in the state of Florida, um, you know, there's lots of ways that you can cast your ballot and there's lots of ways to remedy or cure ballots. Um, and again, I want to reiterate that it's very rare that um, a ballot gets rejected, at least here in Pinellas County. There's an ACLU report that came out a couple months ago that actually goes county by county and looks at all the different reasons why ballots get rejected. And Pinellas had some of the lowest rates in Florida. So we're very lucky. Um, but again, you know, one of the most common ways that ballots get rejected is because folks forget to put their signature on the back. Um, so make sure when you're sending your ballot in, Via the mail, that you make sure you sign the back of that um, back of that uh, ballot. Um, if you're voting in person, a lot of times what happens is, you know, you may not have the right form of ID. So there's lots of there's a whole list of IDs you can actually find that on the um, Pinellas Supervisor of Elections office. Um, I mean, really, what it boils down to is making sure that the the type of uh, ID that you have has a as a photo of you. It's usually picture ID. They want to have a picture ID. Uh, but there's an entire list of um, you know acceptable IDs that they take at the polling station. Um, another reason is that if your address doesn't match. Um, but the cool thing is is that you can actually you can remedy that at the polling station. They just have you sign an affidavit with your new address on it. Um, so there's lots of ways that you know you can remedy or you know fix uh your ballot and if you get to the point where like they won't let you cast an actual ballot you can still cast a provisional ballot which is essentially just holding your line in place until they cure whatever issue you had um, to be able to vote so that's really the point of our poll monitoring program is to make sure that we have folks on the ground there that are able to help people that are turned away because we really want to make sure that everyone's able to cast a ballot even if it's a provisional ballot you know on election day
1: That's fascinating. Are we ready for a challenge yet? Or we got time for... Maybe one last question.
0: Sure. Uh, So there's a lot of talk about voter fraud. And I think everybody could admit it happens because I think every type of fraud happens. uh, um, Ever ever since uh, the first apple was eaten, (laughs) we've had problems on this earth. what is the what does the league do to help with efforts to combat fraud
2: so i think our big the biggest thing that we do is just educate people um voter fraud voter fraud is extremely rare um and honestly it is a high risk low reward sort of crime because if you think about the amount of votes it would take to actually sway an election I, that's a lot of work, you know, and we're all busy. So I would hope that folks would just be like, you know what, if I'm gonna commit a crime, there are way more, I would say easier crimes to commit than trying to do voter fraud. Um, and honestly, I think that a lot of it, you know, we just want folks to know exactly how they can cast their ballot so that even if it's not intentional, you know, they they have the skills and the knowledge to be able to be confident when they cast their ballot. Um, but again, you know, voter fraud is extremely rare, and, you know, you think about the, again, the amount of work, the amount of coordination that it would take to create, you know, to essentially commit voter fraud on a, on a large scale. I just, I don't know. There are other crimes that seem way easier <laughs> and have a higher reward.
0: you well, wear a mask into a bank now, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Used, used to be you couldn't walk anywhere near a bank with a mask on, you'd get that's shot. True. <laughs> now, now that's true. Now it's required. To to the counter. <laughs> Just be careful when you that you have a deposit slip filled out or a withdrawal slip filled out when you slide it across the counter and say, give me all my money. Oh my gosh. You, you give me all your money. Okay. Right. <laughs> that's,
2: <laughs>
0: that's very true. <laughs> I didn't
2: even think about that. <laughs>
0: We we always end with a challenge, Doc. You got to have a challenge, and I guess I, I'm gonna guess what it is, but I'm not gonna share it.
1: Um, you know, there's there's one challenge that I have for people. It's a couple of things. You know, I want them to. We want them to think bigger, reach higher, and do what, and if thought possible, just focusing on those first two. Think bigger. First of all, there's too many people that think their vote doesn't matter, yes. and it does. And it, to me, it's a crying shame when roughly a third of the people do not exercise the vote that the women fought so hard for 100 years to get that vote. And around the world, there's all kinds of people that don't have an opportunity to vote. And yet we see some of the worst offenders of that is our young people. Those people under 30 don't take the opportunity to vote because ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I want you to think bigger about that and think, you know what? if you don't take the time to vote, don't complain. Don't complain ever again about anything that voting could have changed mm-hmm. And it's like if, if you're out there protesting and you're not voting, stop you're wasting. You time. have no right to protest. If you don't take the right, to vote and exercise it, make it happen. That If you're going to protest, <clears throat> protest at the ballot box because that's where we make our difference. Um, challenge you to look at the League of Women Voters voting guides. I've been looking at them for a lot of years. They are absolutely wonderful. Save you a ton of time of doing your own research. Reach higher. Get other people around you to go vote. And in the process, stop the conspiracy thinking mm-hmm. that, yes. oh, so-and-so is trying to get me to do this or so-and-so is doing that. Stop it. It, it. And it's like, well, I think, no, you're not. You're not really thinking because you're not using the logic and the research that the League of Women Voters has built. Uh, and, and I can't thank them enough for what they do. Unbiased. Sure, you, you have a certain agenda because when you come out of, let's face it, getting the women to vote 100 years ago wasn't a conservative issue. It was a liberal issue. doesn't mean that they're a liberal organization, only in the sense that guaranteeing people's right to vote. And so think bigger, reach higher, do what you never thought possible, and it starts by voting. Absolutely. And I, and I want to challenge everybody, get out and vote, whether it's getting your absentee ballot, whether it's a mail ballot, or whether you're going in person, make sure you sign your ballot, make sure you fill it out right, but make sure you're checking out with the League of Women Voters first to see who best represents your uh, your perspective. They're not telling you what the way to vote, but do it bottom line that's it thank you dr lindsey grove of course our,
2: thank you so much
0: and uh we'll be looking for your uh you at the polls
2: yeah well i will be i probably will be driving around with our uh, mobile poll monitoring folks but yeah
0: all right Take care. <laughs> thank you
2: all right thank you
0: You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.